Good to see you all this morning. Uh, happy Monday to you. Oh, let me offer a prayer before we get into this. Our Lord, we just thank you that we can come together and focus on your word. Lord, I ask uh, simply that you would be clear, Lord, to each and every one of us, what you want us to see, what you want us to know from your word today. We know that this one message is a part of a lot that you're doing. Lord, have your will, have your way in us through what Christ has done for us by the power of the Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but I think about my life, and I think of all that I've done, all that I've said, and some of the things that stand out the most are the, those instances that I would not call the glory of the Lord being reflected in my life. Right? Sin. Sin stands out. It's predominant in my life. And I think back and I hear the accusation when I sat where you are sitting now, um, that's who I was back then and that's who I am today. I'm no different. Or when I was in high school, see, so I got saved when I was eight years old. Um, and from then to 18, it was this back and forth following Jesus, not following Jesus. Discipleship wasn't proclaimed, it wasn't preached, it was morality that, that I remember. Um, you know, live a good moral life, don't do this, don't do that. But faithfully following Christ each and every day and with others at your side helping you to do that uh, was, was not the normal expectation as I reflect on my experience. Uh, so it wasn't really until the end of high school that I began following after Jesus. So I've got, I've got middle school, I've got high school to reflect back on, I've got uh, all my years that I've been alive, and I think, man, I was not following after Jesus, or look at this sin issue. Uh, others who know me from my past might say, oh yeah, you know, you're the same old guy, and, and these accusations loom against me, and I think, where's the transformation? Where's Jesus? Where's God's work in my life? That's not who I am. And if you have similar thoughts, similar accusations that rise to your mind, your sin, your past life, and even in Christ, the sin that you commit is not who you are. And that's something that we wrestle with, isn't it? Something we wrestle with each and every day. And I wrestle with this verse that we're reading. Is God really working on us? Is there this, this uh, transformation that I'm seeing in my life? And I can say yes, but on dark days I don't see it. I can look at your life the ones of you that I know, uh, and I can say, man, you've changed, right? What does God see? What does God know? He sees more than we ever know. We recall um, the passage that uh, was referenced last week. Um, Paul is talking about this instance with uh, Moses as he's coming down from the mountain, right, and his face is beaming. There's this obvious uh, change in his appearance by just being with the Lord. And then that, that faded away eventually, right? So Moses, he would cover it with a veil. And then he'd go back to being in the, in the Lord's presence. And we, as Mr. Cozen said, we have something better. It's not the old covenant. We have the new covenant. 
Christ came. We don't, we don't look forward to a day when he's coming. We look back to when he came. Jesus walked on this earth. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for me. He shed his blood. He died. He was buried and he rose again and he ascended. Or he appeared, excuse me, and ascended. Is now with the Father. That makes all the difference. And especially because he finished that work he sent the Spirit. And now the Spirit's at work in our hearts and our lives. Jesus out here telling us to, to live differently, reminding us of what His work is that He accomplished on the cross, is not as good as the Spirit within each and every one of us. How does God fit in us? I have no idea. But He does. We are the temple of God. Everywhere you go, if you know the Lord... He lives inside of you. That makes all the difference. So I think we want to embrace this text, this passage as we read it, as with all Scripture. We want to believe it for our lives each and every day, each and every moment. Let's just look at the first three verses. And we all, Paul asserts that all Christians, like Moses, approach the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces and experience the same transformation. It's emphatic. We all refers to the experience of all Christians. I know that there is a struggle uh, with be thinking like, this Christian's better. Um, the, the one who's on the foreign mission field right now suffering for Jesus has a better experience with Jesus than I ever possibly can have. No. You can have the same encounter with Jesus. You can be transformed the same. The saints of old, the apostles who walked with Jesus, they saw him. Those guys, they had it better. No, it's, it's we all. We all. All of us. You. Me. Our brothers and sisters in the past and our brothers and sisters to come if the Lord waits to come. If he holds off, can have the same experience. We can be changed. We can be transformed. And I know there's a range of where you are at in your spiritual walk in Christ. The power of God is no different for me than it is for you. You can live a victorious Christian life. You can live transformed. Christ died for you. He sent the Spirit, and the Spirit dwells in you. It's the same for all of us. All Christians everywhere, we can, be, we can experience the same transformation. And it goes on, it says, with unveiled face. If you go back to, I'll be flipping through some verses this morning, so be ready to flip or uh, click. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 says this, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even, I, even as I have been fully known. <clears throat> I remember sitting on a swing in Lafayette, Louisiana. It's not Lafayette, it's Lafayette. I got uh, scolded when I moved down there. Uh, they say Lafayette, so if you think of Louisiana, say Lafayette. Anywhere else is probably Lafayette. Uh, and it was, we were, our church at that time was meeting inside of... Uh, of a school building, Westminster Christian School, and there was a playground outside. I remember sitting out there and just thinking and contemplating 
uh, and, and, and about the Lord and wrestling with him. I was like, you know, it's a grace that, that I can know you, Lord. But man, isn't it a bummer? Uh, isn't it, it not the way it's supposed to be that I don't see you right now? Like, I can go and I can open your word. I can, I can get close to you, and this is what we have right now, but that's not what I will see one day. One day, I will behold you as you are. We'll look at a passage that speaks to that. But today, the glory that I behold is directly connected, you, Lord, beholding you is directly connected to your word and the work of the Spirit in my life. Thank you for that. But I'm not content. This is where we are today. Don't you recognize that because of Adam and Eve's sin, because of our sin, we can't behold God. We can't be next to God. We can't see God. Until one day when he calls us home, then we will see him face to face. What hope that we have, right? What hope we have. But right now, we're here. We read this. We turn to this. And this is exactly what God wants us to have. Every single word. I don't know about you, but, but when, I, when I dig into God's word, when I'm in the word, everything's different. Right? When, when we, we don't, we're not going up to the mountain to, to be with the Lord because the Lord Jesus descended and he came to us. And then now he's spoken the final word. And we've got all that we need in scripture. All of it, Genesis to Revelation, Genesis 1-1, Revelation 22-21, right? The beginning to the end. Exactly what God wants us to know is we open it. The Spirit does this work in our hearts and our lives. And He teaches us and He transforms us. This is dwelling in God's presence, sitting at His feet, being with Him. And, and as I reflect on my life throughout the years as a Christian, since eight uh, following a lot more faithfully since 18, not perfectly, right, mind you. Uh, we're not perfect. We're all um, being worked on. We're in the sanctification process. But as I look back, I see God, God changed me. God gave me victory over sins that, had held bond, that I've, I've been bound to for most of my life. I see God change my perspective. I remember times of um, rebuke from brothers or sisters uh, and at times, ones that you were, I was not very fond of uh, hearing a rebuke from in the moment. But then God's saying, no, that's right. And the word comes to mind. And the, the spirit impresses that on me. It changes me. Right? It changes me. We see now, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully as I have been fully known. What a day will that be when we see God in his glory on full display. I was reading Revelation 1 uh, last week. And the image of Jesus, the sun, the f- like this, his face shining like the sun, the, his eyes like fire, right? This golden sash on him, this, this pure white garment, burnished bronze uh, shoes, I think, or his feet, just beaming with glory. An image we can't behold. We can't look at the sun. And the sun is, is a very small star. What about the Lord who created all of those things in the fullness of his glory? 
we fall down dead before him, right? No, but one day we'll be ready to be able to see him. So we look, we look at this faint reflection right now. We see it. It's not wrong. It's accurate. But it's not what we'll see one day. Not what we will behold. And we all, with unveiled face, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. Go to 1 John 3 with me. This has been one of those passages that stand out and that keep coming back and that I cling to. Verse 1, 1 John 3, verse 1. See with what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children. If you are in Christ, you are God's child. Now, now we are God's children now. Excuse me, I messed that up. Um, and what we will be has not yet appeared. This is not what you will be in Christ. This is not your gl- the glorification of your bodies. Right? Our bodies are fading away. For those of us who are getting older, um, I'm only 36, okay? So I can only speak to that end. Uh, we recognize our bodies are, are aging and they're, they're messed up and they hurt and they fall apart. One day, they'll be perfect. One day, we'll be just the way we're supposed to be when we're with the Lord. But we know that when He appears, when the Lord appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as he is pure. You you can't help but be near Jesus. We can't help but be in God's word and be changed by that. One day when we see Jesus on full display, his glory, who he is, God face to face, we're going to be like him because we will see him as he is. Well, what now? If we see him in part, not like, not like it's inaccurate. It's accurate, right? It is perfectly accurate. This Bible, God's Word, when we see Him on full display, the glory is there, we're going to be just like Him. We're going to be just like Him because we will see Him as He is. And look what this does. This hope of us seeing Him one day. It says verse 3, And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. There's this purification that takes place in the Christian life, brother and sister. My motives have not always been pure. My actions have not always been pure. No, they've been defiled. They've been impure. But Christ is changing me. And he's changing you. The temptation is to say, no, 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 no. That's not effective. You don't really know who you are. You're that impure person. No, as I look and I hope for Christ... As I'm in God's word, I'm like, this is true. This is what I cling to. God is purifying me. God is purifying you. Jesus doesn't want an impure church. He wants to sanctify the church. He's he's shed his blood for us, not that we would be given over to sin, but that we would be forgiven of sin and the power of sin would be canceled. God's power overrides the power of sin in our lives. I think I find examples, and I think 
I find examples really helpful. Like, what does this look like? Go to Acts 7 with me. What does this transformation actually look like? One of my teachers in Louisiana kept beating this into my head after I preached Sunday after Sunday. He's like, that's nice. But what does it mean? What does it look like? Help us. So I'm trying to do that in part, probably not perfectly, but I think this is, this is one that stands out. Stephen. We can maybe imagine a little bit of his backstory that we don't have in the Bible. Uh, I won't go very far with that. But you remember Stephen standing up. He's a man filled with the Spirit. And, and he proclaims this beautiful message that my seminary professors were like, look, look at how he exposits Scripture. Look at, look at how, handily he care, how carefully he, holds, uh, he handles the Word of God, how accurately he divides it. And then at the end, look at how Stephen lives the Word of God. Stephen, as he's being stoned, well, I'll read verse 59, so he cries out, says, to, he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Do you remember what Jesus said when he was on the cross? So he's looking out at the people who crucified him. Something that only God can say. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When someone speaks against us, what's, what's the reaction? We fight back. When someone hits us, we fight back. We have our rights. You can't do that to me. I'm, I'm just now, I'm, I'm taking the place of God as if my image, my name deserves to be held in honor. It doesn't. God's does. Yet God is on the cross and he says, forgive them. Jesus' Father, forgive them. And Stephen, who had been saved by God, the Spirit was in him, the Holy Spirit was in him, utters what Jesus uttered. Not the exact same words, but you see very clearly that he's imitating Jesus. He's being Christ-like. Here's this transformation. At his death, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. God wants to change you. God wants to change me. And he's doing that. He is. He is doing that. He wants your life now to the point of when you go be with the Lord, and we don't know what the end will look like for any of us, to reflect Christ, to show Christ to the world. See, as I was looking at this passage, there's kind of this question of, is it, uh, are we beholding the glory of the Lord? Is, there, is it reflecting the glory of the Lord? For sure, it's, there's both concepts throughout Scripture, right? We see the Lord and we share, we show the Lord to others. Stephen very much did that. What is God doing in your life? How does God want to you to show Christ to others, to reflect Him, showing that you've been with Him, that you've been changed by Him? Because this is the work He does. This is the work he does. There's this yield, I think, that needs to take place as we do this. The Lord says, go. Sometimes I say no to my shame. 
The Lord says, speak this word. And sometimes I say, I'm, I'm ineloquent. I, I can't do that. I remember uh, when I was at Emmaus, uh, my freshman year, I was really excited to be here. And uh, it's just like, it's like I got saved. I was, I was finally following Jesus. Uh, so excited to, to leave my dreams for the things of the world and to come and, and follow God fully. And uh, one of the, within the first month, uh, it, I, I can't remember the exact date. It might have even been the first weekend. That's kind of quick, but maybe that's what it was. I went away on a trip uh, to Atlantic, Iowa to do child care for a conference with uh, some of the faculty staff at Emmaus with a few. And I remember after we had child care, I remember seeing a skate park. And I used to skateboard. I was never very good, so uh, just mind you there. But I was like, oh, I should go over there. So I walked over to the skate park, and I am like, I've got this button-up shirt, this polo on, and I've got these like khaki shorts that are a little too short for my comfort level back then. I'm fine with that, the, the length nowadays, but I was like, man, it looks so Christian. I had like leather sandals on. Uh, it was all the preppy kids in my school, and somehow when I like started following Jesus, I was like, I should dress like that. I don't know why. Um, I walked over, and I started talking with the skaters, and there were a few guys that I connected with. And I remember thinking, oh, I need to share Christ with them. I need to share with them. I was just getting to know them. They were heading out. And uh, then our group was about to leave. And I was like, okay, one second. So I was like, I got to tell you guys about Christ. And I told them about Christ. And I walked away. And I was like, that was the worst message I've ever given. Uh, Like, there's no way these guys will be saved. Well, I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened. But, But I wanted God to use me. God was using me. And, and, and I was in a completely different place from uh, less than a year ago when I'm standing at my neighbor's house. Um, Corey Stoner, I don't know if you'd ever hear this. Corey, I love you. I wish I would have told you about Christ. I never did. Um, it, was, it was at his house, and there was like this open door. I'm in his room. I remember I was standing, and it's like God's like, um, I don't remember what was said, but I just remember this is the moment to share Jesus. You're following after me. Share me with him. I won't. See, less than a year ago, this, when I was in high school, at the end of high school, I wasn't sharing Christ. And then, boom, I'm like, I'll do it horribly with anyone and everyone. Uh, I remember standing at Walmart and passing tracks out. and like, hey, here, trust Jesus. And they're like, are you Jehovah's Witness? I'm like, no. They're like, okay, great. Um, <laughs> you know, they'll take that from me. Hey, it worked. Um, I can see that change. Yes, sin still remains, right? But God's God's changing me. And I can look back and I can see that. We have new hearts. We have the working of the Spirit. Go Go to Ezekiel 36. And I'll start in verse 24. Ezekiel 36, verse 24. So this is all coming from the Spirit. The issue with the the old covenant. There wasn't the spirit, right? Um, Jeremiah talks about the, the, the heart of stone and the heart of flesh, this new covenant that we read about in Jeremiah 31. Ezekiel 36, 24 says this, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. 
And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. 2 Corinthians 3.18, the next part says, uh, after being transformed, it says, and being transformed in, in the same image from one degree of glory to another, right? We see this in part, and it's, it's building now, and one day it'll be complete. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We can obey God's word now. It's not just out here. It's here. How many times are you, you, you wanting to, to do something that dishonors the Lord or your motives are impure and God's word comes to mind? Well, there's times when it's not there. That's not a good sign, right? But the Spirit will prompt us. He'll remind us of God's word. And we can obey now with right motives because we have this, this new heart, this heart of flesh. We have the Spirit that dwells within us. Go to John 16, verse 7. We don't need, we don't need something new. This isn't the passage. This is just my word. We don't need something new. We just need to obey what we know. Just need to obey what we know. Verse 7, John 16, 7. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I'm assuming the Spirit's done this work in your life, and, and you're here because you trust in Christ. The Spirit has convicted you of your sin, and you've turned. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. All means all. He's going to guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own, on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And, when, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. See, the Spirit wants to glorify Jesus. He's going to remind you. He's going to remind me of the work of Christ. As we're reading God's Word, He's going to remind us of God's Word. And He wants to help us obey God. Obedience, I think, is what, what this passage boils down to for us. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God wants us to be in the Word. Are we obeying? As we're in the Word, God commands us multiple things, many things. Are we obeying? 
And I think, yes, you are. Are you perfect? No. Is something coming to mind this morning of your disobedience where you say, I'm, I'm in a sense hindering the transformation that God's wanting to do in my heart and my life. Turn away from that. Turn away from that. And obey. And if you can't do it by yourself, and not if, you can't do it by yourself. Ask someone to help you. Ask someone to pray for you. There's a reason God's given us this community to be transformed in. We're so, I'm so American, I think transformation is just me and God, and that's it. No, like Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. Be the church for each other. Help one another, right? But your transformation all goes back here. You and your time with the Lord. Let me read a, a, a story. I read this from uh, Tom Constable's uh, commentary on this section. I thought it was worth repeating here. He tells of a, 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 the story of the Great Stone Face. The Great Stone Face tells of a lad who lived in a village below the mountain. And there upon the mountain was the image of the Great Stone Face, looking down so solemnly, so seriously upon the people. There was a legend that someday someone was coming to that village who would look just like the Great Stone Face. And he would do some wonderful things for the village and would be the means of great blessing. The story gripped this lad, and he used to slip away and hour and hour after hour would stay looking at the great stone face and thinking of the story about the one that was coming. Years passed, and that one did not come, and still the young man did what the boy had done and went to sit and contemplate the majesty, the beauty of that great stone face. By and by, youth passed away and middle age came on, and still he could not get rid of the, that legend. And then came old age. And one day, he, as he was walking through the village, someone looked at him and exclaimed, He has come! The one who is like the great stone face! He became like that which he contemplated. If you want to be Christ-like, look at Jesus. If you want to grow in grace, contemplate Jesus. You find him revealed in the word. So read your Bible and meditate upon it. I kind of see like there's two aspects of that, right? God is the one that came down. God's the one we're looking for. Jesus is the one we're looking for. We want to behold him, to be changed by him. As we do that, we can, share, we can show that to others, right? Uh, Mr. Cozen was making pretty clear, we're not going to have these radiant faces beaming full of light. But if you know enough, enough about missionary stories, you know that there's something that the lost see in us. And probably even your own encounters. I don't want to make that, like, you have to be a missionary. Missionary stories is the only exception. People see Jesus in us. There have been people who have said before, uh, look, at, look at her face, look at his face, like an angel. We don't look any different, but it's Christ shining through us right? Maybe it's a simple act of displaying the love of Christ. Maybe it's taking time to listen. I don't know. The Spirit will lead us into these things. Christ came. We spend time with Him and we can reflect Him to those around us, right? This is, this is the work that God wants to do. It's all right here, brother and sister. Be in God's Word. Be in God's Word. And I know you're at Emmaus, and you're in it all the time, right? 
Uh, so for you, there's probably a mix of intentionality um, to actually set aside your own time or being intentional and seeing that God actually assigned for you to read the book of Leviticus, right, Mr. Cozen? Um, it's a great book. It's a great book. We can get into it. Uh, God will go at great lengths so you can stand before him. Read Leviticus and think about that. And then think about what Christ did for you so you don't have to follow all the, the rituals of Leviticus which wouldn't, were never sufficient for you anyway. Constable also says this, and we'll end with this. He remembers when he was in seminary at Dallas Theological, Dr. Uh, Lewis Sperry Chafer would uh, stop in the middle of a song the song says, take time to be holy, speak off with the Lord, off with thy Lord. Uh, he would stop and say, change the first line. Let us sing, take time to behold him. Do you want to be holy? Then behold him. Let's read our verse once more in closing. But we, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Take time to behold him today and tomorrow and the next day. And because I need help, and probably you do too, encourage someone to do the same. Don't assume that we're all reading our Bibles. Don't assume that we're all spending time with the Lord. We are busy about so many other things. Be with him today. As you're with him, it will change you. It will be evident to those around you. Right? This is what God is doing and he wants to continue to do in our lives through his word and the work of the spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we, we must worship you this morning. We can't see you face to face. We'd perish, but one day we will behold you as you are. We'll be like you. For we will see you as you are, Lord. And right now, your word reminds us, Lord, that we are being transformed. Or Moses put a veil over his face to cover the glory. Lord, no, we, we want to see that glory on full display. We, want to be, we can be before you, Lord God. And through your word, through the work of the Spirit, that glory is there. And Lord, we can reflect that to others. Impress on our hearts, Lord, each and every one of us, because you are this great the hindrances that we have to being before you, the excuses that we make, the things that we prioritize, the idols that we worship, we might turn from those. Put those aside and do what's necessary to sit at your feet, to learn, to listen to you. We pray. Thank you that this is possible through what Christ has done for each and every one of us. And yes, Lord, May many more come to know you, Lord, that they could behold you too. Lift the veil from their eyes, we pray.